Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, England are white ball champions of the world. And you can't argue with that anymore. Now they hold both the 50-over trophy and the 20-over trophy. It's a, a nail-biting chase against Pakistan at the Melbourne Creek Ground. There were two miracles. One, the fact that it didn't rain <laughs> in the first place, which, of course, was forecast. And two, that Pakistan just didn't come back like they had 30 years ago with the ball. In fact, very unluckily, they lost that key left armour Shane Shah Freedy to injury. If you wind the clock back 30 years, was in Makram, that brilliant left armour, turned the game in Pakistan's favour. And of course, they won the World Cup in 1992. This time, it wasn't to be. And you know, Simon, one little thing I'm going to say. This is, believe it or not, our 499th podcast when we started back in 2017. And I thought that was an omen that Pakistan would win this game because, of course, 499 is the famous amount of runs which for many years was the highest score in cricket made by a Pakistani, Hanif Mohammed. So I thought that was a little omen that Pakistan would win today, but it wasn't to be. What a bizarre segue, uh, yours, or a, a bizarre <laughs> fact sort of linking to our pon- podcast longevity. But bottom line, uh, you know, ext- extremely well done for England to fighting back from that defeat to Ireland. I mean, they had to win four games in a row. Uh, they did it. And uh, I mean, look at the scorecard uh, you know, in, in future years. You'll look back and you say England won by five wickets with an over to spare. And it looked like quite a straightforward victory. But it, it didn't feel like that, did it? And that, that that absolute clutch moment in the game when Shaheen Shah Freedy was injured, he came back to bowl. Was he going to be able to bowl? He bowled one ball. No, he couldn't. And then Iftikhar uh, completed the over. And it, it was starting to get really tight because of the pitch. So 38 needed off 4.2 overs. And then Stokes went 
4-6, and then you just felt that was it. Then he'd, he'd just broken the game. It's amazing how quickly you could just turn the game uh, with the bat in a T20 match. You think you're struggling, 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 and then bang, bang, bang. Suddenly it was all over, and then there were two fours off the next two balls that started the next over, and it was uh, it was plain sailing there for England. But uh, Adil Rashid at the end saying, oh, we were all nervous in that dugout. And it, it was a sort of nervy occasion. It, was, it, it wasn't... It was totally like that final in 2019 but it sort of had elements to it didn't it a score you feel you should chase and then sort of making quite hard work over it and it was it was sort of in the in the balance in doubt until well that those those all clutch of boundaries really although you 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 actually felt that England were always winning it didn't you I, well I did really because I, I just think that 138 is not a substantial score to chase no it's not you know it's barely it's only just over a run of ball and with the guys now that England have down the order, uh, the power that they have, you know, you look at their batting order, and I mean, I think this is a crucial difference between the two teams, is from seven to 11, England have people who can all hit sixes. Even Adil Rashid coming in at number 11, you know, has scored first-class hundreds, he can hit sixes. Chris Wokes, we know he can. Chris Jordan, we know he can. And mm. Pakistan don't have that power and they lost their way a little bit towards the end of their innings. I mean, it's unfair to blame the bowlers because they shouldn't have to make the runs, but they, they failed to deliver on a reasonable platform and they just didn't accelerate at the end. So the last five overs only produced 31 runs and that's just not enough. And you know, credit to the England bowlers, they mixed it up cleverly. Obviously, the bowling changes were good. Fielding was brilliant. They used the, the long side cleverly so that there were several catches taken by Liam Livingstone uh, just sort of 15 yards in from the boundary because the bowlers, the Pakistan bowlers, could not clear that long boundary. But I just think England slightly outthought the Pakistanis and they had that, that ballast to rely on down the order that they knew, even if they were slightly falling behind, they could catch up with a couple of big hits, and Stokes delivered them. Yeah, Ben Stokes, well, there's lots to talk about. Let, well, let, should we start with Ben Stokes, or we can talk about Sam Curran? Um, Sam Curran was the player of the match, and he said in his post-match interview, actually, it should have been Ben Stokes. But I, I must say, at the halfway stage, I thought that if Sam Curran wasn't going to be the player of the match, then Pakistan would win. In other words, you know, it was such a it felt like such a decisive bowling performance, three for twelve and four overs. But as the game played out, of course, it it became a bit tight, and and it needed one of those sort of Stokes sort of dig in innings that we saw in in the match against uh, Sri Lanka. For me, Curran, the player of the match, three for twelve and four overs. It's a tough game for bowlers. Okay, it was a difficult surface. Stokes, uh, you know, dug in there and 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 made it happen. But uh, it, it, it was a heck of a struggle for him, wasn't it, on that service? There was a lot of playing and missing against. Nassim Shah, who actually bowled one of the great overs, I thought, in T20 cricket. He, he made Stokes really struggle, beat him outside the off stump. Stokes was really struggling. And then earlier, he, he had a fantastic over to Butler. He just kept on going past the outside edge, but actually went for 11. There was a five wise at the start of the over. OK, that wasn't a great delivery. And then Butler played an audacious stroke, the ramp for, for six. And then next day, Paulie beat him again. I mean, it was... There was some thrilling cricket, but you know it was hard work and you know tough for Stokes, tough for all the the batters uh, on display. Uh, I, I just wonder whether you, 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 I saw Harry Brooks say afterwards. Uh, you know, did, he was asked, you know, "Did this sort of match your expectations?" And he's in his sort of typical sort of slightly wry, blunt Yorkshire way. He said, "Well, I thought the pitch would have been a bit better." You know, it wasn't a great surface for a final yours, was it? No, and you could see that early on actually when. 
uh, a couple of times. I think uh, Mohamed Rizwan, when he was opening for Pakistan, got hit on the shoulder with a ball that wasn't all that short. And it, it looked as if it was going to be difficult. The keeper was so far back in both innings, but, but virtually on the 30-yard circle. I think it makes the game more interesting in a way mm. because, it, it, in a way, it separates uh, the power hitters, which I think can get repetitive, from teams that have a bit of a balance, that have players who can manipulate the ball. I think fitness is, is, a, is a factor in Melbourne matches, actually, because you've got those big square boundaries, which some batsmen, especially on a, a less trustworthy pitch, can't clear them, can't clear the boundary. So therefore, placing the ball, coming back for twos, fielding, attacking the ball, picking it up, getting it in quickly. There weren't any run-outs. There was a couple of, of near misses. But, you know, in a way, fitness becomes an aspect of a, a run chase or a run defence. And that I think that just keeps it interesting. Plus, you know, bowlers, fast bowlers, bowling slips and things like that. So it, it sort of puts an extra emphasis, an extra demand on how you play, how you chase a score. And a lower score can get interesting. And, it you know, it did get exciting. I think uh, you, you highlighted Sam Curran there for his excellent work throughout the tournament, mm. actually. And to come out with figures of two for... Tw- to come out with figures of three for 12 from four overs in a T20 is extraordinary. He's just very good at varying his pace and getting his line exactly right and understanding what batsmen are looking to do. He's good at premeditating, I think, what he thinks a batsman might do. But I also must just mention Adil Rashid, and especially at the, the venue where, of course, Shane Warne came from and the, the stand is now named after, to see he Shane Warne looking down on that spell from... Rashid today, two for 24 from four overs and, you know, just kind of manipulating the batsman around the crease, getting a bit of spin. I like the way he bowled quite slowly as well, sort of tempting them and trying to get extract a bit more spin out of the surface. He bowled better than Shadib Khan, who fired it in a bit too quickly. And then flummoxing Baba Azam, that brilliant batsman with a googly, which he's done a few times before, and and snaffling that caught and bowled, uh, nearly his last ball that he bowled. I mean, just superb cricket, wonderful to see, and so much has been, uh, you know he's been such an integral part of England's re-emergence as a as a one day team. And today, I, he absolutely excelled. Yeah, England had three match winners, I suppose you could say, couldn't you? you know, there was Stokes with the bat and then Rashid and Sam Curran with the ball. You've actually been a bit harsh on Rashid. He was two for 22. Uh, you've given him a, a couple of extra runs, uh, Yoz. But he, he was excellent, wasn't he? And he's, he, he, he's caused Baba Azam, or the Google has caused Baba Azam some problems and it, and it caused him some problems today. And actually, that was the start of Pakistan's uh, decline because it was a quite crucial moment in the game, actually, because Livingston had just gone for 16 in the over before. Four and Pakistan were finding some momentum, so they had 84 for two uh, from 11 overs on a you know on a, a far from straightforward surface. And then would you know it, the 12th over, I mean the World Cup final, Adi Rashid uh, comes up with a wicket maiden, including you know the the wicket of Pakistan's uh, premier batter. And those of you who haven't seen it, it was a googly tucked Babrazam up. He played it awkwardly and sort of forced it back to the bowler, and Rashid dived away to his right and took a good low uh, return catch. And, and and from that moment onwards. Uh, Pakistan n- nosedive really. Uh, Iftikhar, almost Iftikhar played as if he'd never seen a leg spinner before. Uh, he, he, did, he didn't know which way it was turning, did he? He struggled, so he, he went for a six-ball duck. And England had a, such a, a grip on the game 
uh, from there. And there was there was one big over for Pakistan off Stokes 13, the 16th over. But apart from that, it was, you know, they went nowhere really. I mean, six off the last, four off the 19th, five off the 18th, three off the uh, the, the 17th. Uh, they, and in the end, 18 off the last four overs. And you, you thought 137 for eight. Eight short. I mean, if you if you'd offered any any team that in the final, they'd have taken it as long as it was a twenty over game and not a ten over game or something or a, <laughs> something short by by range. And yeah, and and it it looked for for most of England's innings as if they were sort of pacing it quite nicely. And then when Brooke got out, you thought, hold on a second. But actually, bizarrely, Yoz, that was the incident that probably sort of went a long way to. To settling the match because Shaheen Shahafridi sort of twisted his knee as he went to take the catch and, and went off the field and he couldn't come back and bowl because the, England always knew as well that once he went off uh, after one ball of his third over because someone would have to bowl another over as well somewhere along the line so they just it just sort of eased the pressure that was starting to build on England. Yeah I mean even if he could have completed that over it would have made a difference wouldn't it but so unlucky that, that the 11 balls, uh, he wasn't unable to bowl in the game. And I, I love the way he bowled at Alex Hales, actually, because he, he, he got that early swing to get rid of Hales, who obviously was so dangerous. I was very pleased for Hales, actually, that England came through to win. Of course, he missed out on the 2019 World Cup, was, was jettisoned from the side, sort of really very at the last minute. And... It seemed it was harsh, really, and over time people have forgiven him, and I think forgiveness is important. Whatever mistakes he made, and you know, he had that fantastic impact in the, in the semi-final against India today. It wasn't to be, but it's nice that he's now able to share in the, the sort of World Cup winning glory mm. because he was so much a, a part of England's reinvention through 2015, 2016, 2017. So many outstanding opening stands with Jason Roy and and then suddenly you know out of the team so great that he had a, a part to play in this team Butler continues to amaze me you know you mentioned that over from Nazim Shah which went past the edge and of course his the reason why he hasn't done particularly well in test cricket was exposed because he is vulnerable outside off stump. But the reason why he is so brilliant in one-day cricket was also illuminated by that extraordinary ramp shot. He's been beaten twice outside the edge by someone bowling 90 miles an hour, and he has the audacity to go across his stumps and just flick him over fine leg for six off off, off stump. I mean, pff, just ridiculous, ridiculous talent. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch. And I, 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 you know, he is, in a way, the... He's the he's the sort of symbol, isn't he, of England's new uh, ability in white ball cricket. That shot, which I suppose you know is borrowed from Viv Richards all those years ago, walking across his stumps in the nineteen seventy nine World Cup final. Hard to believe, but Butler has just made a, a new version of it, really, and it's extraordinary. Yeah, building on it, really, and and, and a great moment for 
for Butler, you know, at the end there to be the to win, to win because it's been a, actually quite a tough white ball summer or year for England. They haven't done that well in T20. They, their form just began to pick up uh, leading into the T20 World Cup. Actually, with the, the win over Pakistan, they got some you know, got something going there, and then they beat Australia, of course. So they, but then they had that slump against Ireland. But it's a you know great moment for for Butler and for for Matthew Mott harnessing the talent that that there is in this England side. Just going back to Hales, uh, uh, you, you, you said it was you know harsh that he was left out in 2019. I mean, I would say probably harsh, but possibly fair. But I think his treatment since has been harsh, but unfair. So, uh, you know, I think he, he's, he's one of those players that, have, you know, has done his done his time, really, took his punishment. And actually, you know, his, his record is good enough to have forced him way, his way back in the side. But, it, but there are other players, of course, who... You know who've, who've taken his place? Someone like Johnny Bairstow. I wonder what Johnny Bairstow's feeling. I mean, he'll be very proud of the. I'm sure he will. Proud watching on, but you know he's missed out in the way. You know Hales missed out last time, whereas Bairstow was there last time. I looked actually the number of players that played in the 2019 uh, World Cup final played in this final. Off the top of your head, just a quick guess. How many do you think played in in both matches? Five. Yeah, it's four. It's only four. So yeah, it's quite a big change, isn't it? So those those players are uh, Rashid and Chris Wokes and Josh Butler and Ben Stokes and the other seven. I sort of think Mark Wood, yeah, is is, is sort of there as well. Isn't well, he, he is, he is, but he, of course, he, you know, I know really, he has actually played. Yeah, really so, tough yeah. luck, you know, t- you know, such so hard on him, isn't it, that he is missed out here. He's he's been good good for England uh, so far in the tournament. And really disappointing, and for and for David Milan as well. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? You, you you're you're part of the squad. You want your team to win, but you, you want to contribute as well. I'm sure you do. Um, so that you know, but I suppose at least in in the case of someone like Mark Wood, he he has got that experience from 2019, and the same for Johnny Bairstow as well. So that you know they they have that, and then there are some you know like Stokes who just keep. You know, who've, who've who've made it happen in both matches? Um, we, we we should perhaps just talk a bit more about that Stokes innings today. It's incredible, isn't it, with him? I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this, but of course it's it's really obvious. This was his first T Twenty international half century, and it's come in the World Cup final, and it's came at, a, at you know a tense moment, and he dug in and and got England over the line. Yeah, and he just played it in such a calculated way. He he didn't really ever take any big risks. It was calculated risks. He is he assessed where England needed to step on the gas. He recognised the opportunity when Iftikhar had to bowl those five balls, and he, he delivered, didn't he? I mean, he mishit one, which was just short of Baba Azam at long off, but then he clubbed one. That actually wasn't great cricket, was it, yours That bit where, where he didn't run because they could have come back for two there, and he he did cloth in. It was just short of the field. And he thought, oh, I'm out here, and he didn't bother running he, to start with. He was back in his crease. That wasn't a great piece of cricket, but he made up for it later in the over. Yeah, it's sort of it's interesting, isn't it, with Stokes? It's sort of he must beginning be beginning to think that after the awful experience of 2016, where of course he bowled that over to Carlos Brathwaite and England lost. Since then, he, he almost must think in finals it's meant to be because he he, he played it so well in the in the World Cup final in 2019. And, uh, you know, there was those ridiculous moments where the ball ricocheted off his bat and went for four overthrows when Brent Trent Bolt stepped on the rope and it should have been out and it, it was obviously a six. And then here today, uh, that miscue just falling short of Baba, a few 
sort of swafts outside off stump, which just missed the edge of the bat, and there was half appeals, but the noise in the, the crowd, the ground was so loud that the umpires hadn't got a clue whether he'd hit it or not, and actually he hadn't anyway. And and then just being able to deliver in those in those crucial balls, that four and that six off Iftikhar, which has come actually uh, about by has come about by his slightly uh, him adapting his game slightly his his technique he's a better player now than even he was three or four years ago because just you know, just for a moment talking about technique he's opened the face slightly with with the blade so he can access the offside a bit more effectively than he used to he used to be a bit of a closed face batsman who thrived through the leg side but wasn't quite so good to the offside now he's He's, he's good on both sides of the wicket and he just sizes up the situation. He's such a reassuring presence, isn't he, when he comes in. You sort of feel in critical moments that he loves it. You can just see his his body language. He's just, that's where, he, it's what he lives for, isn't it? These kind of crucial moments where he's got to get England over the line. Do you think there have been some moments today in that innings where he just, not, not panic, that's the wrong word, but he just started to think, oh, this is beginning to s- slip away from us a bit. It was a, a, a few sort of wild strokes. Do you think it was always all in control in his own mind or, or was the pitch, I mean, one of the things I felt is the pitch was difficult enough for it to be, a, to hit for him to feel there was a sort of slight element of lottery about it. You know, if it's going to be my day, okay, it might be, but you know, it could easily not be. I can't, I'm not, I'm not quite as in control um, as perhaps I would would like to be out there? Well, if you talk to Owen Morgan about how England chase targets, I think they, I mean, his philosophy has always been, look at the scoreboard, what do we need to do? And, and almost take away the pitch and the bowler and the situation. Well, the situation statistically is one thing, but the kind of atmosphere, take that out of it. Forget that it's a final. Mm. Just look at the numbers, the bare numbers. Mm. And that's what Morgan's philosophy always was. And I think he's passed that down to the rest of the team. So someone like Stokes will be looking at the scoreboard. He'll be saying, OK, we need 50 or 40 balls or we need 40 or 30 or whatever it is, which is roughly what it was today. And actually, you know, don't you, that these days with the power these players have, that just over a run of ball is so gettable because you know a four and a six will, will just totally change the equation. And he did that. He hit a four and he hit a six. And suddenly it's really only a runner ball. And then you've just got to stay in. So I think he's very good at, uh, at kind of almost isolating, compartmentalising the situation, forgetting about the, the, the enormity of the occasion and just working on the numbers and knowing his own ability. Yeah, well, it 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 worked. It sort of it fell nicely for them. The fact that Shaheen Shaif really couldn't bowl that that third over uh, towards the end there, and that Iftikhar came on and, and had to bowl. I mean, in a way, you know, it was the off-break bowler to the two left-handers. It wasn't a bad match-up, but you, you you just sense, you know, suddenly you've got to bowl, haven't you? Was, you know, Iftikhar. He probably thought, yeah, I might have to bowl because of Shaheen's injury, but it it wouldn't have been at the forefront of his mind sort of early on in the innings. And suddenly he's got to come on and bowl in a really crucial moment in the game. Stokes is in. Uh, Moe's getting himself in and Stokes won the battle and those 10 runs just about uh, settled the game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Do you get nervous? Do you get nervous when you watch matches like that? Do you know, it's funny. It's funny. I find T20, I, I, I can get nervous watching any T20 match because the game it always feels like it's on, not, not always, but most of the time it feels like it's on a knife edge. So it's, it's a, it, 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 you know, you can settle back and watch a one day international a bit more because not, not that, it, it's sort of like not every ball seems to matter as much. And the same with a test match as well. You have those quiet periods and you can, you can almost relax, but you feel with T20 that, the game can turn so quickly that every everything feels like a nervy moment. Especially, in a, I mean, a, lo- a low-scoring, a tight final. You know, I, if that had been India-Pakistan, I mean, I was watching that game, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and your heart's pumping, isn't it? Watching the, you know, the atmosphere, what the players are going through, the extreme pressure of, of every ball, the, the tightness, the drama. Uh, it, I, I think you, it, it does draw you in. Uh, okay, I don't think it was, I don't think it was the greatest game uh, today. Uh, it was an interesting game, and it was. A, well, we're not going to be nervous, making a documentary about game. it. That's what you're. That's what you're saying, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be making a documentary about it. No, well, it hasn't got the. Didn't have the same. You didn't have the same. You got. You got to have a incredible finish, haven't you? Uh, really, uh, to make a documentary about it. I mean, you could, if if the India Pakistan game early in the tournament had been the final, then you would definitely be making a documentary about that. I think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because because that that had all the ingredients. It was one of the great. T20 internationals that game. That was the be- it was the game of the tournament. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And there were some dr- dramatic games in the tournament and some upsets. Uh, but the final was a it, it was it was a sort of hard working sort of grinding sort of match really. And 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 but and in perspective, absolutely you know, joyous because they got over the line and and won their second T20 World Cup. What about um, some of the Pakistani players? I mean. Harris Ralph, what a what a cricketer he is, isn't he? he he's mm. come from not really from nowhere. You know, in the last three or four years, he's been playing one day cricket and got into the big bash almost by accident, really. And that you know, sort of someone spotted him in Pakistan in a, in a talent search show, actually, and he came through. And he's got so much exuberance and skill and speed. The keeper was so far back. Uh, and he's just—you you feel his, his desperation to to win the game for Pakistan, and in a way, I feel sorry for Pakistan because they they almost need this victory more than England. You know that England holding the World Cup already, the fifty over one, mm. it would have been nice for the world game and for you know, a, a, a country which has had all sorts of unbelievable struggles. It would have been lovely for them actually to have to have won today, and you could imagine. You know all the players being, you know, garlanded when they came home, and I just hope they're not uh, vilified now because they they put up a tremendous fight. They did incredibly well to even get to the final, really, and and it, they put up a tremendous fight. England with their resources, with their very sophisticated approach, with all the players playing in the IPL, of course, which is a massive bonus. None of the Pakistani players are able to do that, so England have you know most of the advantages. And and yet Pakistan made them fight all the way. So you know, well done to them. Just like they did, of course, in in 1992, and in the end triumphed because they had a couple of superstar players. Uh, for example, was it Macram who just managed to get them to to, to that uh, incredible crescendo of performance, which won them that one World Cup in 1992. 
I suppose top level international sport is ruthless, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the point about it. And you know, when you when you, I mean, England want to be the the, the best um, team in the world in all three formats. That's what that was what the Strauss Review uh, was supposed to be about. Well, they are you know they're very high up now in in the, in white ball, aren't they? T Twenty and and one day international cricket. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably a pound for pound the, the best one day side uh, short form cricket team in the world at the moment. So over the last few years as well, and the, and the challenge is to do that in Test cricket. And what what I'm the point I'm making is that. You look back at that Australia team that, that dominated in the 90s and the 2000s. They would just reel off World Cup after World Cup, wouldn't they? So that, that, that's the mark of a, a top team. It's all very well getting to finals and semi-finals, which England have done. You've got, to, you've got to win the trophy. You've got to nail it down. And that's what they did today. And they, you know, ultimately, it was, quite a, it was a ruthless enough uh, performance uh, driven on by you know, one of the most driven players in their lineup. Yeah, you, you do feel... Uh, you know, you always, I think you always feel sorry for the losers in a in a, a big match. Uh, Pakistan brought a lot to the game. They brought a lot to the tournament. They always do. That you know, the vibrancy of their supporters, the way they play, and while well, as the game was moving towards its conclusion, I always had that thought in my mind. Yours that you, something you were talking about on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Pakistan have got the best bowling attack, and you think where you know you should win this game, but they've got quality bowlers, and if you're wearing England going to score these runs and. You, know, you, you talked about Harris Rathers, Nassim Shah, and Shaheen Shah. Freely bowled really well early on. Shadab, not quite, not quite what was needed today, but the, probably you probably needed a bit, a few more runs behind you to make him effective. But that, you know, there's there's quality there. They probably just need a bit more in their middle order batting. Yeah, I mean that's what we said yeah, all along, and and it was yeah. exposed when yeah. England played them in that uh, in that series in Pakistan. Really, that they just had Ben Baba and, and Mohammad Rizwan are going well, opening stands of over 100 they're brilliant but if they don't have that they don't seem to have real class I mean Sean Masood is is a damn good player and what a great pick for for Yorkshire to be uh, to be the captain of Yorkshire in the following years I mean he's such an impressive individual I think he was educated here in England in fact he was also um, I think he lives in round St John's Wood actually now, so you know he's kind of very familiar with 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 English cricket as well as obviously being a very talented player. And uh, he, has he just got the the extra gear to get Pakistan up to those unassailable totals? Probably not. So that's something for them to have a look at in the future. Just one other thought, um, Adil Rashid. Going back to him, of course, his father was born in Pakistan, and. It was one of his father's proudest moments, holding the World Cup with Adil on the Lord's turf in 2019. <laughs> but now it must have been slightly strange watching his own country and, and his son playing against his own country or the country of his birth. It must be quite difficult, that really. Uh, but I'm in it. In the end, I guess you, you side with your, your child, uh, your child's team. And well done to Rashid. So he's now a double World Cup winner. Amazing. Yeah, or you think you can't lose because <laughs> whoever whoever wins, yeah, you got some happiness there. What what we should do, Yoz, We should talk about before we go. We should talk about the the T Twenty World Cup in Australia as an event. Uh, what did you make of it? So England come out on top. Um, it, it, it it I think it's a good tournament because every game seems to matter. We've had upsets. We've had bad weather. We've had the bowlers striking back, really, haven't we, in this 
tournament. It's not been a, a tournament for batters, really. It's been a tournament uh, for bowlers and for, and for lower scores. What, what, what have you made well, of I've it? I've enjoyed it. I think it's been, as you say, a, a good contest between bat and ball. And that's what the essence of the game of cricket is. It isn't just supposed to be intimidatory batting and six hitting and that's it. And, and bowlers just cannon fodder, which they often are in, say, the IPL or in, in, in smaller grounds with flatter pitches. So I've really enjoyed it. It's a shame about the weather. Uh, the, the, a few games, I mean, you know, England-Australia, no ball, not a ball bowled, for instance. Yeah. Just before you, can, before you um, elaborate on that, I wonder whether actually that played into England's hands, that. The, because if they played and lost that game, they would have been out. But actually they got a point and it was able, you know, it t- took them a bit deeper in the tournament. Uh, it, it was something I thought at the time that actually for, for England, that game being washed out wasn't necessarily such a... A bad thing is it, it kept them alive. Of course, it's that jeopardy. Play and win, you're fine. Play and lose, well, ta-ta, you're on your, on your way home. Sorry, I was talking well, well, I just, I just, The most important thing about the tournament is it, 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 it involves more teams than a 50-over World Cup. You know, the opportunity for Scotland and Ireland and Zimbabwe and Namibia and Netherlands, you know, to, for them to play and to play against the top-notch teams and even beat them, that's wonderful for the game. Uh, the ICC have recognised rightly that T20 is the format to spread the game you know, worldwide. And there are now nearly 100 countries that are registered T20 international teams. And it, it, this, this tournament gives the, the teams a great opportunity to explore how good they are and what they need to do to improve and to have uh, interaction with the best players in the world. Australia, of course, the stadium is absolutely fantastic as well. They've got the best stadia in the world for cricket. They've probably got the best pitches in the world for cricket for a balance between bat and ball. So I think all in all, if you take out the weather factor, which was a bit of a shame, I thought it was a tremendous tournament. Yeah, lots of fascinating cricket. And and, and it will be remembered, I think, for, for teams upsetting others. I mean, I remember, was it in 19... 19- England won the Football World Cup in 1966 and didn't Scotland then beat them the next year 1967 at Wembley and and all the Scotland fans are we're the world champions because we've beaten England um, so I'm not Ireland are thinking that, uh, you know, Irish cricket supporters and Ireland players are, are thinking you know, we beat the team that won the World Cup oh, that's a that's a little feather isn't it they can stick in their cap so it was a, a, a great day for them at the MCG as well in a sort of similar sort of game to the one uh, today, where weather, there was weather around, you know, there was some doubt about whether the game would would go ahead, and of course it, it did get rained off. And who knows how England would have played it in the last few years? It, you know, they might have got over the line, but Ireland had played all the cricket up until that point. In future 50-over World Cups, not the next one, but in future World Cups, the, the tournament is going to be opened up a bit more, isn't it? There are going to be more teams allowed in. We, you know, we've had a sort of bit of a close shop 2019 uh, with just the 10 teams and everyone playing each other which makes it quite an intense tournament and I think next year's World Cup in India will be a very 50 over World Cup will be an intense tournament uh, uh, for that reason I think also as well that uh, as I mentioned this before some of the uh, you know some of the, the the lesser sides from the subcontinent Bangladesh and Sri Lanka who've not been a, a, as great of late will perhaps come into games a bit more because they're they're more familiar uh, with the conditions so it could be a, a you know real arm wrestle uh, in India uh, next year uh, India in their own conditions. Yeah, I don't know why we're drifting on to the 50 over World Cup. We always look ahead, don't we? But um, it, is, it is going to open up eventually after that. But but yeah, next time India in their their own conditions uh, might be you know, probably start as the favourites and be very strong. What what about um, 
India. You, you mentioned you know, Pakistan players not playing in the IPL, but England players have got the advantage of playing all the competitions around the world, haven't they? India, thrashed by in England the other day, they don't let their players play in other T20 tournaments. Is it? Do you think it's time for them to change that uh, plan, or is it actually it financially it's working for them because the IPL is such a, a marquee tournament and just to hold your own players for your marquee tournament uh, works really well. well that's, that, that's, a, that's a really good question, and I think they should let their players play abroad, not just for the benefit of those other tournaments, but actually for the benefit of their own cricket, because you do want to, to play in different conditions. And they were found a bit wanting, I think, at times. They didn't quite know how to approach the ball seeming around, for instance, in T20. I'm not saying that they can't play it, but it, it requires a certain amount of of, of method. Let's take one example. This game, Butler, he's beaten two or three times outside off stump. He goes across and ramps Nazim Shah over long leg for six. That is, is an amazing shot, which is obviously very difficult to do. I can't see a Rohit Sharma or a Kale Rahul ever doing that because they just like to play a more orthodox way. And in India, you can do that on Indian pitches because they know the pitch is going to be pretty flat for most of the game, even if it does seem a little bit for the first couple of overs or swing or whatever. After that, it's going to be flat so they can catch up. But in, in the conditions like we've seen in, in this tournament, where the ball is doing a little bit for the bowlers pretty much throughout the innings, you have got to be a bit inventive. You have got to put the bowlers back under pressure and make them do something different. And that's one thing that India haven't really, Indian batsmen in the main one or two exceptions, but in the main, they've tended to play a more orthodox, slightly more measured game and, and kind of capitalise at the back end of, a, of an innings, which they will learn if players go and play in England or Australia or even Pakistan, maybe, they might learn to play in a slightly different way. So I think their cricket would benefit from their players playing in, in other tournaments. But of course, the BCCI has probably got them in handcuffs and... That's that. Well, yeah, they pay them enough to, to, to make that work, don't they? That's Should I say golden that, handcuffs? Yeah, it, it is, effectively. I mean, I suppose, you know, playing in South Africa could be an option, couldn't it? Because all the South African franchise teams are owned by IPL teams. And there is sort of a, a move to, um, you know, own teams around the world from, from, from the IPL and give, give their players year-long contracts. Well, I think there'll be pressure from uh, IPL owners to allow or to, to get their players that they own in the IPL to come and play in South Africa or possibly even in, in America when the the next uh, franchise tournament starts next summer or you know in subsequent years. I think the owners will put the, the BCCI under pressure, but it depends in a way whether the owners can get together and all agree on a policy and that will then sort of almost force the BCCI's hand. But in the past, the owners haven't really had a very good collaborative relationship so the BCCI holds all the, all the power. Yeah, I suppose one of the other issues, of course, is that India plays so much international cricket as well. So you have your IPL window, and then it seems to me India are always playing somewhere or other because they're such a big financial draw. Everyone wants to play them because you know when you play India, you can sell the TV rights, and it, it, you know it's great to get them in your own backyard playing. So you know, T20, One Day Internationals, Test matches, India are so much in demand. So that does put a bit more strain on the players. I mean, it feels as though you know. You know, players like Kohli and Rohit, they, they seem to be playing the whole time. So there's that aspect to it as well. There aren't quite enough days in the year uh, for them all to play in all these tournaments and still play for India and still play in the IPL and still be and still have their sort of special 
uh, value as well. Well, that's it, yours, isn't it? Um, we, we, we've come to the end of a, a, an intense tournament. Uh, England have have done it again. Not quite the same of sort of emotional and sort of dramatic uh, uh, feeling that I think a lot of people had it in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, that that very special day, but uh, you know, a big day for them and, a, and another sort of big breakthrough in, in white ball cricket. By the way, it's it's been interesting to see the uh, the response to our documentary about the twenty nineteen uh, series because and the, and the final because lots of people saying how emotional they found it watching yeah. the film and reliving the the tense moments of the super over and so on. So that's a, a very satisfying thing to hear. People have been shedding tears and, you know, being on tenter hooks, even though they did know the result. So that's that's very satisfying to hear that, that that's kind of transmitted uh, through uh, a documentary three years later. This was, I mean, less a roller coaster in a way. It's, it's more a sort of hit and giggle, a sort of briefer sort of tournament, a briefer experience. But, you know, tremendously well played to England for actually timing their run so well and that performance against India in the semi-final 170 for none to win by 10 wickets extraordinary mm. in a way that's their defining legacy of this tournament and just having so much depth in the team and so much passion so much skill has really got them over the line again tremendous to see and what a contrast to seven years ago when England were lamentable at one day cricket and now they hold both trophies it's incredible. Well done yeah. to them. Yeah, remarkable um, transformation, resurgence, well, whatever you want to call it, from from England in uh, recent years. Uh, it doesn't stop though, yours, is it? England got three one-day internationals against Australia <laughs> coming up, and then the tour of Pakistan, which is only a couple of weeks away. Um, England would hope that Mark Wood is going to be fit. Pakistan must now have doubts over Shaheen Shah Freedy, which is, you know, a shame for them. But the, the, the world of cricket, uh, as ever, uh, rolls on. But, you know, you can stick your flag in the sand. What is it? 13th of November, 2022. And England have won a, 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 another white ball tournament. I say another. They haven't won that many uh, in their careers. It's only their third. But, you know, it's, as I said, with Australia, they started to rack them up. And that's the challenge for England, is it, to continue to... To rack them up and be emulate what they did back in the late 90s and early 2000s yeah of course you're going to pakistan so uh, we'll look forward to some reports from pakistan cricket in the near future uh, in the meantime enjoy england's spoils of victory well played to them and thanks to you for listening goodbye for now Podcast Network.